Weisung, Lere, Aimulanka, Directive, Directive, robot ever right Facts. i don't know dude there's a lot of horny robots in media we can talk about that separately if you want this is one <laughs> horny robot for sure but welcome everybody today we are going to be spoiling one of my favorite disney movies and i only love it the more i watch it and as i get older uh wally a fantastic movie from 2008 um do you want to do the apple review before uh opening questions it's up to you, man. I mean, we've never, ever done that in almost 500 episodes, but... <laughs> but Josh, there's a know. first time for everything, right? There's a first for everything. Let's Switch do it, it up, As baby. Wally has taught us. Do you know? it, yeah. I'm feeling good tonight, Josh. Do not fuck with me, all right? I will leave this pod and let you host it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nobody slurp. <laughs> Kylo, we got a review for this podcast. Can you please read it? Okay. You know, we love those Apple podcast reviews. We got one here. The title is This Pod Rocks, and it's from Psy Size. That's S-Y-S-I-G-H-S. Pretty cool name. Oh, that is a cool name. should have been Psy Abelman Size. Mm. That would have been even better. I imagine Psy Abelman is pretty well endowed. Mm. If I were a betting man, (laughs) put money on it. He's got a hog for sure. <laughs> <laughs> says Joe Schlong himself. All right. So <laughs> it says, going to keep this short and sweet. This group of guys are everything you are looking for in a film podcast. The witty banter, constant jokes at the spoiler men's expense and insightful knowledge of the art of film is what keeps me coming back. Every episode feels fresh and the rotation of hosts and movie selection is excellent. I became a patron about a year ago, and I haven't regretted it. Glad to support this dope group of guys talking about what they love. I give this pod the hardest Vigo yes. Austin. Let's go, Austin. Oh, he's a good so listener. That's Austin that's size awesome. size. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. That's awesome money. <laughs> New soundboard. Oh, that's great. Well... Let's go Weestus to Eastus. And I believe the opening question was if you were stranded, if you were a robot stranded on a planet like Wally and you only had one media to watch, which is a movie, for the rest of your existence, what movie would that be? 
Ooh, coming back to me again already. Hi, this is Corey. Oh, yeah. Kylo Ren memes. I'm recording West Dist out of Simi Valley, California. Uh, well, I wouldn't watch Wally, I'll tell you that. Whoa. Damn. Wally's all right. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd probably watch Surf Ninjas. It's one of the most watchable movies that's ever been made, is Surf Ninjas. Whether you're watching it because you believe it to be an absolute disaster of filmmaking, or like me, whether you watch it completely earnestly loving every minute of it, which is also cool. It's an entertaining flick from the 90s. And, you know, it's got, like, a song that goes along with it, so I could be like Wally, that could be like my little jam. You know how Wally has the song in the beginning of the movie? And in other parts of the movie? Surf Ninjas has Barbara Ann, at least their iteration of Barbara Ann, which is Bob-a-ram. Oh, so, yeah. You know, I, I could just be humming that along to myself, doing my little trash compacted. That's it for me. It's Surf Ninjas. has to be. Watching Rob, Rob Schneider for the rest of your existence. All right. R- Rob Schneider is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a surf ninja. He's a decoy. <laughs> Rob Schneider is amazing in that movie. He has a superpower in that movie where he says, what if, and then the thing happens. So he, he freaks out and he's like, oh my God, what if I lose this power? And then he immediately loses it. It's amazing. Uh, Mikey from Chicago, Illinois. Oh man, there's just so many options to choose from. Right off the bat, any of the Fast and Furious movies, Mm. one through Mm. X, X part two, I'm assuming is going to be just as good. I hope there's some sweet reggaeton playing right now, because yes, (laughs) hell yes, fam. Um... I think, uh, I'm trying to think of the movies that I've seen, like, the most, and one that I watch a lot is, like, Jaws. I watch that, like, every summer, I feel like. Um, I love that movie. I think it's a perfect movie, and, but if I want to watch it for the rest of my life, I don't know. So, I'm thinking more, like, oh, God, I don't know. Maybe, like, Lord of the Rings, part two, twin. Twin Towers. Something long enough where it's like, I'm not just going to get bored watching the same 90 minutes over and over again. It's got, it's like two movies South packed into one. Ooh. I bet by the end, after a couple of years, you're going to think South on Tales is like a masterpiece. Oh my God. You watch it that many times. Has anybody seen like the, like the actual like director's cut, like the true cut of that film? I can't imagine any editing <laughs> makes that any better or any worse. I don't know. It's one of those movies, though, where if you're missing, like, five minutes, it ruins the whole thing. I don't know. I think the opening question on Southland Tales was, if you could only watch one movie before you die. Yeah. <laughs> and we said Southland Tales, because then it would seem like you lived forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, staunch defender of prayer warrior Mark Wahlberg. George, go ahead. <laughs> mm. Me too. <laughs> I feel like that's way out of context, Stevie. And, un- and unfair. But this is Josh from Goshen. I do remember having this similar question before. <laughs> uh, I think I just chose like the longest movie of all time. So it was like I could live for longer. There's like a 21-hour movie. Um, 
but I digress. I think for this answer, one movie to watch over and over again. I do want it to be long, but I don't want it to be boring like just a record-setting long movie. But you know what movies are long, boys? The Lord of the Rings. And you know what's even longer? The Lord of the Rings Extended. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Fellowship of the Rings Extended. Mm. Um, it's my favorite LOTR. And as an added bonus, it won't get me homesick for regular Earth. Um, because I'll be mm. looking at Middle Earth the whole time. You know what I mean? And this nightmare scenario where we have a TV but no way to contact home. <laughs> and a copy of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> um this is pappy recording from kalamazoo michigan i don't know yeah it's like it's like josh said i feel like there's two questions like what animal would you be and what movie would you watch if you could only watch one more movie the most common opening questions but i don't i don't know stevie i guess i'm gonna go with i think it would be really funny if you could just like recite every line of this movie like it was Shakespeare I'm gonna go with Shrek I would just watch Shrek over and over and over again I think it would like start to become surrealist at some point right like your thousandth time you've seen Shrek I'm probably not too far off is that me? Yep. Uh, Pappy wants to shut his eyes at night and just see a green face close up <laughs> what's your favorite Shrek? Uh, I do. I barely remember anything after one. Like I've seen two and three. Dude, I don't know if I've seen. Puss I in think Boots. two is up there with like one of the greatest sequels of all time. I remember it being pretty good, but dude, I, I mean, I've seen really one fucking good hundreds of times there's, already. There's four Shreks. Didn't we have a trivia on here that revealed that Puss in Boots made like four hundred? I think it's over million a billion dollars or something like that. But for both films, it's been over billion. It's the most financially successful Insane. movie of all time. <laughs> Puss in Boots. <laughs> Puss in Boots. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Uh, Brett, recording out of Fort Wayne. Uh, I don't know if I'll get booze or hisses. I don't care. I'm alone. Who cares? Um, I'd probably pick. The movie I've seen more than any other movie, which I believe would be Basketball. Really? That's Whoa. a pretty good pick. I, I just, I, I said before, I, I know you guys don't like it, it bombed, but it's a movie that I feel like was written for me. Like, the jokes are so unbelievably funny to me. Uh, every time I watch it, it still makes me laugh. I have a lot of good memories of watching it with my best friends and it's just not only do I love it, it's got a special place in my heart, so. I used to call that movie the Hollywood Video Special. Yeah. Because I feel like anytime I'd walk into Hollywood Video, I would see that like, cover looking at me somewhere in there. Like, it was never one of those that was like, slid away. We were like, oh yeah, here it is. No, it was always just staring at me right in the face. I've never seen it. It's so mind-blowing when you find out that uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone didn't write it at all. Dude, that's the biggest shock like, of so my life. so weird. They had to have done some script. They didn't write any of it? Do you think they just went in? No, it's Zucker. It's, they must have ad-libbed. It's one though, of the Zucker can... brothers who wrote Airplane. Yeah, I think they ad-libbed, and I, I, have, I have to imagine that they were like, hey man, this would be really funny. But yeah, it's 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 so their type of humor, which it's so weird to me. Were they deep into their South Park fame when they made that? I, 
90, no, uh, 97, so early. I'm, I'm so confused by that. I think they didn't, they don't think they had the juice yet. Yeah, it was 98, so they're filming it at the same time they're doing, like, their first season of South Park. Wow. <laughs> That's wild. I wouldn't, like, I have always thought they, like, wrote that. No, there's four writers credited, and they're not any of them. They just were in it because they're such great actors. I know, it's so funny that they picked them to be an actor. I mean, again, I love them so much, uh, but, you know, it's not for everybody, but we actually played a lot of basketball, Josh and I and our other friends in college. Well, wasn't Orgasmo, like, a pretty, like, cult hit? Yeah, yeah, that's good, too. They actually, they wrote, I mean, they're all over that movie. They wrote and directed that. That one. was that predates basketball, so I think that kind of got them a little bit off the ground within like some circles of like you know college or teens or whatever. And then that's how they kind of got into basketball, which was more mainstream. Yeah, it's Orgasmo is NC seventeen. Yeah, exactly. Does that rating still exist? Yeah, it does. I think. Yeah, but usually it'll say unrated, but um, I believe it still exists. Oh yeah. I mean, how could you not... Naive young Mormon Joe Young is recruited to act in porn movies. <laughs> that's like the amazing first line of a summary. That's orgasm. That's different. They're so obsessed with Mormons. They always have They been, probably huh? grew up around them. Yeah, they're both from Colorado, so close enough. The Mormons are, you know, they're a peculiar bunch, Josh. Like, I'd probably study and them, too. Chodaboy. How many more religions are going to piss off on this pod? All of them. Not until we hit them all. Dude, I'm sorry, but Mark Wahlberg is a TikTok <laughs> Catholic, all right? <laughs> That's not... Dude, he's more Catholic than anybody else by far. He goes to church twice on Sunday. Anybody than anyone else? else? On this, on this guy pod, called the on this Pope, pod. dude. What are you... On this pod. I meant on this pod. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, come on. Stevie, <laughs> is, is, is uh, he holier than you? I call bullshit. The guy puts an altar in his house next to the gym. He just got done working out and going up, going to church. Put it on the ground, boys. Like, no, that's that's bullshit. He's a TikTok Catholic. Yeah, I don't think so. But why don't we, why don't we do Wally? <laughs> Brett, who's, who's hosting here, Brett? Let's do Wally, not Wahlberg. I want to change my answer to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, Steve, that's, that's a really answer. good. Yeah. Got some music in there, you know. Musical Cohen Brothers. Shit. Go see Yellow in my dreams. But. Don't say like Schindler's List or something. Like you're a weird person if you're gonna torture. Oh, yourself dude, like good that. time. Oh. I can watch some fucking good time, dude. <laughs> good choice. Good choice. God, that's a really good choice. Like people would call me insane for saying I want to watch The Gray or Uncut Gems. Um. <laughs> Uncut Gems. Oh, oh, dude, that's a comfort film. So is that's The Gray. Um, I get comforted when it's over. Man, I'm trying to think here. You know what? I mean, just because there's so much to study, and I would probably just take it frame by frame and just study it for the rest of, you know, thousands upon thousands of years till my solar battery ran out. Uh-oh. I, I know where you're going. Do you? What do you think? Shining? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Stevie no. hates I hate the that movie. No, I, I take umbrage with Such that Such a film. bad take. I, I, we can do it at it some point, take. Pat, but you can do it, we can do it for a uh, punishment pick, but I don't like that movie. Um, I was going to say The Raid 2. I think there's just ah. so much hmm. meat in there that I could probably just watch that over and over and over again. 
and not get bored and still be happy. Holy shit. Yeah. There's there's I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Moana in there too, by the way. That's a good one. I think that I think that would make me really happy a lot. Yeah, I I mean I just the, between the choreography, camera movements, I I mean I would definitely go with the raid too. But let's start off with Wall E, the two thousand eight Disney classic. Josh, I'm gonna kick this one to you. Did you enjoy this intro as much as I do, like the first five minutes and just find it fascinating? Uh, you know what I was thinking about at the beginning of this, especially when Wally is just by himself and they got all these like super cinematic shots of the soul robot picking up trash. It's really cool, right, Stevie? Right. What's amazing is like none of this is real. So yeah. to think about them like storyboarding what will look great and cinematic <laughs> from this like blown out world and this like robot that they made up. I, I thought that was really impressive. It felt really storyboarded, felt really cinematic. It's a great intro for a movie. I was listening to the commentary with Andrew Stanton and I think he did. Did he work on like Finding Nemo too, Stevie? Directed it. Do you know? Yep. He directed Finding that Nemo. Was, so. I mean, I think he... Co-directed Bugs Life, and then I think Pixar let him have full reins on Finding Nemo. Did he direct John Carter too? By he the way, he did. Son? John Mars. Yikes. He what directed a it. Fucking career. What a picture. What a picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Taylor Kitsch but, movie. Yes. Yeah. One of the Ooh. biggest flops of all time. Ooh. Yeah, my guys. Do you remember my trivia? Yes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was talking on the commentary where, I guess at the time with Pixar. You got, like, if you directed a movie, you got basically a sabbatical to do whatever you wanted, right? And so, who directed Ratatouille? Andrew, or what's his name? Um, It wasn't Bird, was it? Bird, Brad Bird, or whatever. Let me see. Like, on his sabbatical, like, he went to France, right? And, like, looked at a bunch of, like, restaurants and, like, people who directed cars. Like, drove drove on Route 66. So, this Andrew... Andrew Stanton guy who directed this, he spent his whole sabbatical with his team just storyboarding the first like 20 minutes of Wally. And I feel like that really fucking shows. I feel like the first 20 minutes of this are as good as anything Pixar ever made. And like, I know a lot of people be like, or say like, oh, there's no talking in Wally. I feel like it's really entertaining. <sighs> who says that? No one says that. This, this intro to this movie is basically perfect. Right? I agree. It's like, a masterpiece. Okay, so this is something uh, my wife said, and I agree with it. it. It's piggybacking off what you said. Like, we we have no complaints over, like, the lack of dialogue. It just doesn't think that it's could be that popular with kids. And I, I know Stevie's going to say my kid, but, like, what is there? I don't necessarily agree, but, like, is there enough entertainment for a kid not to get bored? So, in my opinion... Um, Pixar from its genesis has been making movies for people my age. Like, I mean, right in that window between like 89 and 90, like 91. Like, it's a very specific window. And I felt that way for a long time, like growing through Pixar, like through the years. And Wally was probably, Ratatouille and Wally was kind of that jumping point where I was like, neither of these movies are for me. And when I came back to them, like when I got much older, they're like my favorites. So I think it's just kind of yeah. one of those things where 
you know, they've been making movies for a specific age group for so long that they just went somewhere completely different with it. And like, I imagine, I think this was like, okay, you can take your kid to see this, but this is for the parents. Yeah. I would say Wally's pretty cute. Yeah. Like, I think he's a cute little guy. Got binocular eyes. Got fun mannerisms. I, I, I know we'll talk about it, but I think the, I guess you could say character design in this movie, especially with the two main, main leads, is like Hall of Fame awesome. Uh, like, Wally's adorable. Eve is like perfect amounts of cool looking, I don't know. Sexy, Robot yeah. sexy, yeah. <laughs> Eve is sexy, dude. <laughs> uh, I got the dirtiest look from Britney. <laughs> you know, you know she's hot. No, also, like, I mean, we could talk about this intro for the entire podcast, honestly. But I really love that upbeat musical show tune that goes into this hellscape of Earth, and like we're introduced into this hellscape with this upbeat show tune. From a movie called Hello Dolly, which is actually a really great movie, but I think like, and also the sound design like with that, where it's not just a show tune, kind of doing the dichotomy of like this hellscape, but also it's with Wally, and the sound is going in and out as we see that character in this world. It's actually really brilliant. Hold up. Yeah, I'm gonna get you know, into when you're done. You know that movie, Hello Dolly? Yeah, I've watched it like 25 times. You didn't hear him talking about his daughter, dude. Loves my it. daughter, Hall of Fame, like. She like dances to Hello Dolly. Non- it's a two and a half hour musical from 1969. Walter Matthau and Barbara Streisand. She loves it. I need to know some things about Barnaby. I've I've heard this about this Barnaby for years now. Barnaby Tucker. <laughs> Since this movie came out, yeah, they're talking about Barnaby. What's Barnaby okay, up to? So I don't want to get too much into Hello Dolly. But long story short, um, Cornelius Hackle and Barnaby Tucker are these two kind of like down-on-their-luck guys that work for Walter Matthau, who doesn't pay them anything and owns his... He's very rich and owns his own kind of, like, store in town. And he's going to New York City and leaves the store to them. And instead of staying in the store and handling it, they go to New York City, too, and try to have a night of their lives. And so Cornelius is singing to Barnaby, like, out there, a world beyond Yonkers, like, beyond this Hicktown Barnaby. There's a Slicktown Barnaby. Like, that's what that song's actually about is them going to Manhattan to have the time of their lives. And they're not going to go home to the kiss a girl? Just go get black blackout drunk one night? Well, they're talking about, because like, they've never kissed girls either. I'd say that in the musical. And like that's where that line, we won't go home mm. until we've kissed a girl. Like They actually they've mean never it. never like, kissed girls? Like, they've never kissed a girl before. They're like in their mid-20s. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's a, I mean, it's a showstopper. It's a great song. And I love the fact that like, Hello Dolly is the one media that <laughs> Wally has. I feel like it's not like a super well known musical. I feel like Hello Dolly is more known for being in Wally than like I know you're different, but I feel like a lot of people haven't seen Hello Dolly. Not now, like it, people who saw Wally, you think saw Hello Dolly? No. So Hello Dolly got in its time got probably ten people fired and more people blackballed from Hollywood forever. It was probably it was the John like the John Carter of its day. Like it was a fi- like a financial failure beyond like reckoning. So we get Wally just kind of wandering around. And one thing I appreciate about Wally is 
Corey, do you find a kind of an awesome character trait that he collects things that he has no idea like what to do with? And like, they're just the most random things that we just take for granted every day. Absolutely. And, you know, Wally has humanity in Wally's own way, right? Mm-hmm. And part of that is watching what people used to do in the form of these old movies. And part of that is kind of like reconstructing the things that humans once constructed here in this big city that Wally is inhabiting. And part of it is Wally's own personal, uh, Hobbies, which are a, a pet, which is a disgusting fucking cockroach that should be killed. <laughs> and kind of just collecting trinkets, just oddball things that Wally finds throughout the wasteland that Wally likes. Could be super innocuous, like a spork seems interesting enough, or like a Rubik's Cube, or in some cases, like actual TVs and uh, electronics. But yeah, I, I really like that aspect. You know, Wally, the way Wally reacts to things, we can read a lot with those little binocular eyes and the way they're animated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wally and the other robots in this movie, they have like a very, there's, there's a very readable kinetic level of body language that they convey throughout the movie. And I think it's probably like overlooked or underrated, but I was watching this movie thinking like, wow, the... The artists are really conveying a lot with a little. It's the eyes. The eyes help a lot. Do you guys remember like when, when you were like a little kid and you'd go to your grandma's house or something? Like a really little kid. There'd just be stuff where you didn't know what it was, you know? Like <laughs> household appliances. Like, you'd, like when you're really little. I feel like that's like part of the appeal for, ch- for children, right? It's like, what is this thing? You know? Like that's kind of how a kid sees the world. Like I don't know what this fire extinguisher thing does. Yeah. Really. There's kids YouTube channels just like about that where someone takes like an object and they just manipulate it in some way that like, you know, they'll take Play-Doh and they'll put it on the head of like a little doll and kids just like are glued to this stuff because just like seeing someone explore this object that they don't know what it's for. It's cool to see him uh, use different items in their unintended way. Uh, (laughs) Like, uh, I mean, he has some sort of rig where he's got an iPod hooked up to a VCR through a magnifying glass. And that's like his TV. So yeah, he's like Chromecast in that before that was even around. I just want to piggyback off what Corey said when he said the robots are just oozing with character, like body movement that just tells you everything, like all their emotions. And I don't think that's ever more, uh, it's never more evident than, the very end when Wally gets his memories erased briefly uh-huh. and he's like just a robot mm-hmm. and he feels so empty and soulless. And if you go back and watch it, it's because he doesn't have any of those like little human movement characteristics. He's not bouncy anymore. He's just like straight to the point. It's also so sad to see. Oh yeah. Um, you were talking about the beginning and I just remember thinking, the physical comedy in this yes. movie is like unreal. Mm-hmm. And like you could, it says right here, the Stanton and the Pixar team watched, uh, Chaplin and Buster Keaton movies for every day during lunch for 18 months. And it That's shows crazy. like Wally's physical humor is so funny. 
There's one point where Wally gets on the escape pod and he like pats the seat next to him. That's a straight Charlie Chaplin yeah. move, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he gets scared and goes into the turns into a box, I like love that every time. That rocket that comes down that almost smashes him and he's like running in every different direction trying to down. get away with it reminds me. Yeah. It's like some of the Charlie Chaplin train stuff. Would you say that like the comedy slapstick Stevie with Wally? Like a lot of it's him getting hurt, but it's funny. Every time, like with the fire extinguisher, that's a great bit. I mean, there's some fantastic bits in here. I mean, especially with like the arrival of um, of uh, Eve or Eva. Eva. You know, when you have Louis Armstrong singing over Wally, just getting hurt every way imaginable. It's this <laughs> weird feeling of hilarity and like endearment at the same time. You guess. This is Lovey and Rose. I mean, I, I think the Lovey and Rose part is when he's like following her from afar. And like, you know, like Pap said, like there's, you know, the shopping cart bit, which is great. There's, um, there's a lot where he gets hurt. But I think my favorite though, and this is like where the little humanity comes in. There's like this great innocence with it. And it reminded me a lot of a Chaplin film. With, which is what Andrew Stanton says a lot in his interviews, but when he builds that statue for Eva, kind of like to look like her, and she just kind of passes it by, and he kicks the um, steel next to him and it all rolls on him, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, it's... There's so much going on in that scene, and it just pays off perfectly. Aren't you guys worried about his health, though? He's an old a boy. Bit, like- He's not very advanced. <laughs> I know he could take some damage, but like it's so heartbreaking when he he hurts his eye and he replaces it. But he only has like two or three replacements left. No, it's he's not, surrounded like, infinite, by you know? corpses of other Wallies. He's <laughs> good to go. His friends are all gone, Josh. He's taking their legs. They all committed suicide because they couldn't handle the pressure of rebuilding Earth. I, I do have a, a logic question, which obviously we don't need to worry about, but. What would what's the point of making all of their robots sentient beings? Besides for our entertainment, what's the purpose of that? It'd be like way more uh, productive if they just did their programming. They're clearly made to write movie scripts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe they uh, evolved the way the humans did. Maybe Say, they I don't think they were made. I don't think they sentient. were made that way. That's why I think. Wally is like that kind of innocent still. Like even though he is sentient and realizes like what he is, he still has an innocence to him and also he still goes to work every day and he doesn't have to. Robots don't really evolve like that, but you know, at least the robots I know. You don't know any robots. (laughs) (laughs) What are you you saying? (laughs) 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 But like, I don't know, Brett, you were talking about this earlier, like the character design, just, it's like a really, it's, kind of subtle but it's easy to take for granted too but just the look between eve and wally like what they are it's all in the future right like obviously what we couldn't build something like wally today but you can just tell that wally is like a much older robot relative to eve right like eve can fly and has like superpowers basically and shit like we don't know how eve works wally is very mechanical right everything about him like we can kind of like comprehend he's got that cool laser that he doesn't use as much as he should, though. Wait, is Wally is Wally like Woody Allen? No, no. 
and Eve's like Soon Lee or whatever it is. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Looks like him with the glasses and stuff, her. like yeah. big eyes. <laughs> um I just I just Eve, I don't know Eve. Uh, <laughs> just want to take you on a date, Eve. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Are you on grass, Eve? I don't understand. Why are you why are you shooting that laser everywhere? <laughs> One thing I like is um there's not really like a profound inciting incident in this movie, but like Mikey, what's the inciting incident to you in this movie? Because I feel like there's a couple. Uh, it's either Eve appearing or Eve finding the the plant. I would say. I think even Wally finding it is an understated one too. We just don't realize it, which is a fun part of this movie. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that uh, I don't. I, it's. I I just I hate the humans in the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like the first twenty minutes so much that it makes me kind of resent the second half of the movie because I think it's I I don't think it, they need the dialogue at all from anybody. I think it'd be great to just be a robot adventure on a desolate Earth, maybe. And I when I first saw the movie, that's not what I was thinking at all. But like watching it again, it's like man, I wish it was just. Wally and Eve running around. Well, Stevie, that's why I brought up that story of how they spent like basically a year plus storyboarding the first 30 oh, minutes. Oh, that's so good. But doesn't it kind of feel like they had to figure out how to make it into a movie movie? You know, like the next <sighs> two acts, like they, it feels like they had to figure out like, okay, wh- where does this actually go from here? Which I get that. And I mean, like, us who just watch movies constantly are probably just like begging for a movie with no humans and very little dialogue. Cause I mean, to me, this movie works, you know, perfect. Even if it was just Eve and Wally on a desolate earth and he's like trying to court her. That's beautiful to me. And this also works with, I, I, I you know, I've actually seen a lesser movie where it turns into, we got to save the planet and it loses all of its focus. But even in this movie, we do get a little bit of, like, we go back to Earth and save it, but there's still enough of its original story where I'm not kind of just, like, bored at the end. The one positive about the humans is I think it'd be really easy for them to be assholes. And I actually love that they're, like, in their devices and all preoccupied, but when something distracts them out of that, they actually really enjoy, like, life in the natural world. Yeah. That's true. They're not, like, mean. You'd think they'd be, like, spoiled, rotten, but they're just living. Only two people changed for the better <laughs> <laughs> on the entire ship. Only two happened to change their ways. John Ratzenberger? And the uh, whatever woman he met. Kathy and Jimmy? I don't know. I just remember that guy going, hey, that's Wally! It's your buddy John! Yeah. <laughs> hey! Hey, that's what's-his-name! Hey, what the... Look! Look, 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 look at that. Hey, I know that guy. It's, uh, uh, Wally. That's it. Hey, Wally. It's your buddy John. Hey. It's like the iPhone gets ripped out in front of his face, and instead of being annoyed, he's like, oh, now I can see this awesome pool that we have. And he starts splashing around. I, it's, it's kind of cool to see humans portrayed nice, but also dumb. Because yeah. I think... We're, we are both of those things a lot of the time. Manuel! <laughs> I thought there was a cool parallel um, that uh, when, what's his face, Fred 
whatever recipes. Uh, I don't know his name. Fred Willard. Uh, he's talking. Up, yes, he's showing the five-year cruise, and people are golfing and playing. I don't know ping pong or something. And then later on, they're like, if our forefathers could see us, something like that, and they show the people sitting down playing video game golf. Yeah. And, like, not moving and, like, just everything they showed earlier, but instead of actually doing it, they're digitally doing it. I thought that was a really cool parallel. We golf. Yeah, there you go. Dude, that's a super weird choice. Like, I mean, I love it, but to have live-action people... In a Pixar movie? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, what did you guys think of that? That was interesting. My wife said the exact same thing. That, that was like the only time they've done that. Don't you guys think it's supposed to be their CGI? That's a cool layer to it, I guess. So that's like their animation, and then like the real humans are like the CGI humans. I don't know. That's just the way I looked at it when I was watching it. Who is like BNL like now on this earth? Amazon. Gotta be, right? I would think Big and so. Tall? I mean, <laughs> it's got to be Amazon, right? Ten years ago, it was Walmart. Now it's Amazon. I mean, I know they've got their fingers in everything, and they're just going to keep getting more stuff. I mean, I, I don't know. I like getting packages within a day, though, so it's pretty cool. The jewel of the B&L fleet, the Axiom. Spend your five-year cruise in style. Waited on 24 hours a day by our fully automated crew. While your captain and autopilot chart a course for non-stop entertainment, fine dining, and with our all-access hover chairs, even Grandma can join the fun. There's no need to walk. The Axiom, putting the star in Executive Starliner. Because at BNL, space is the final fun here. You guys brought up an interesting point, though, where, you know, the humans aren't assholes, and they are dumb. And I feel like it was kind of like on this point, Pap, it was a good way to land this. I actually really love the captain, like talking to the screen and learning. I really like that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We talked about it pre-pod, Jeff Garland, the captain. Yeah. And the captain could be very, you could see that character going like oafish, right? Like, almost stupid and lazy but he's not at all he's curious like he goes down a, a wikipedia rabbit hole basically he starts <laughs> to like plants and it's what's like, a hoedown what's a hoedown yeah <laughs> what's dancing <laughs> it's great one of the stronger parts on how you guys feel of physical comedy though i i mean when he's on earth is great but when wally's in that brand new world on the axiom and he has Tons of robots in his face. Things are like going left and right. He's just trying to get to Eve because, you know, she's going to be reprogrammed and might lose her memories. I feel like there's a great bit of like heavy lifting there because there's still very little dialogue in this movie at this point. I love Mo, the cleaning robot. (laughs) He's pretty cool. He seems so nefarious when he's first introduced. Like, he's going to track Wally down to the ends of the earth to bring him to justice. But really, he just wants to, like, clean him up a little bit. I mean, you know? that's his uh, directive, though, right? He's keep it clean. Like, <laughs> that's his directive. I like when he first sees Wally, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Kylo, do you like the humans? Can you relate to their niceness and dumbness at all? No, I don't like them, man. 
I don't like him. You seem pretty mean and smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're so fucking gross, right? The way they live their lives and, like, the state of which, like, their society has evolved. Uh, One thing that caught my attention and then later, I guess, they kind of defunct this idea was that I, I saw that there was not any old people around. Which made me think that their lifespan was like 35 years or something. Where do you think they get their food? Robots make it, I guess. Soylent Green, yeah. Oh, boy. Soylent Green! <laughs> Soylent Green. Sorry, Kyle, I'm making <laughs> but, an important point. No, you, you guys are right, though. At least they're not, like, cruel. And that's a good aspect of it. That, that allows them to, like, have some function in the story where you're not, like, actively rooting against them. Uh, I, I just... It's awful to see, right? And I know it's like a statement. It's like, this is the way things have become because of like the society that they built and their reliance upon like technology has like really just like hindered them to the point of like useless infants that are constantly confined to a a floating Professor X chair. But, uh, it always, there was always like a a kind of, um, something beneath the surface that like grossed me out about it. And I also thought that, like, this society would have two groups of people. It would have the people we see in this movie, and then it would have the people that they watch on their little phones, which would be, like, the people that are super into fitness. It would be, like, the super good-looking people that are all about just constantly, like, maintaining, like, the prettiest physique. Because these people just generally seem to talk to each other on the phone a lot. But I feel like... Maybe if it were made today, they'd be more like watching TikToks of good-looking people. But they're not real. Like, there aren't those people there, right? No. No, that's kind of just like my theory of how things would have gone. I definitely don't want to get into this, but I'm just picking a point. And since people like to talk about, like, systemic stuff, like, can you really blame these people? If you want to blame people, blame the people six, seven hundred years ago that got so lazy that this happened. These people were born into this. They didn't know any other way. Their parents or whoever tells them what to do, they do it. It's not like they can get off their chairs and get motivated because they don't know any better. Yep. It's like Bukowski said, born like this into this. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know why Kylo gets grossed out. By the humans too, because they're um, giant babies. <laughs> no, <laughs> their features. It's look not weird. just. Th- it's not just that they're big and their features look weird. I think this movie does a good job of implying like they're eating all this gross shit all the time, and they're not mobile. And I think your human brain knows deep down, like what's going on with their defecation. Oh, like. Mm. I didn't think of that, but... Liquid, bro. All liquid. In your subconscious, like, robots are probably wiping their ass. Mo. Poor Mo. Mo is just (laughs) having a day. (laughs) Mo is an ass wiper. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, gosh, this guy's 98% contaminated. Oh, Jesus. It's all up his back, Mo. You gotta get in there. I kind of want to bring this aspect of um, the film up because it's, I mean, it's an animated movie. And because there's not a dialogue, I mean, did the sound design and just sounds in general stand out to you guys, especially with, you know, 
being in space, a lot of metal, a lot of robots. Like, did that stand out to you guys? Sounded awesome to me. Yeah, especially like the the Looney Ben robots. Mm-hmm. Like when they go, they go there. There's a lot happening. Yeah, I think the ones like it can kind of talk. You know, it's like a self or a a reassuring hairstylist type robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even just um, how they differentiate, like, Wally's quote-unquote voice and Eve's voice. Like, Eve sounds so much more modern, and when she's zooming around, she doesn't have, like rockets she just kind of yeah. like levitates and zooms really fast without making a lot of noise mm-hmm. while everything wally does is on treadmills so he's very <laughs> mechanical sounding wally's like the 80s <laughs> interpretation of a robot he's like short circuit like robot j5 johnny johnny yeah short circuit yeah no they say his name's not short circuit I, it's johnny five johnny number five I think j5 is from blank man yeah. actually yeah. Johnny. he is he does look like that <laughs> That is that's the hardest I've ever laughed at any movie is in Blank Man when J Five falls down the stairs. I swear to God, I almost died the first time watching that. Are, are we like the only some of us the only people in the world that like know references from Blank Man and Short Circuit? Yeah, right. That's crazy. I haven't seen Blank Man in forever, so it's us and Steve. It was not a very good movie, I don't think. He looks exactly like Short Circuit for real. Looks, yeah, definitely got that design at least inspired by that well just comparing eve to like wally like eve is like very much like the modern idea of a robot right it was like even even though this is a little bit of an older movie i think that still maintains because it's like an iphone robot and eve Mm -hmm. has no right angles right everything is soft Mm -hmm. and rounded unlike your older 60s 70s 80s style robots which were very like either star wars droid or like johnny number five like very clunky you know mechanical you know, a lot of like whirring sounds go into that, but like Eve is like when Eve floats, there's like sleek, you sleek, right? Or virtually like no sound whatsoever, and that's that's very cool. Like obviously they're they're different robots from each other in a big way, but uh, they make a connection, and uh, you know, a lot of this movie, the foundation of it is based on their connection. She's totally smooth, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eve, Eve comes into this landscape where there's all this sand that's coarse, rough, oh, and yeah. irritating, uh, and it gets everywhere. Yeah. But not, not like her. Everything is soft and oh smooth. Oh my god. For Eve. We know where this movie was inspired from, yes. <laughs> Pappy, when is she at her most sexiest? Like when she's, oh boy. Mean, when she's mean, or when she's giggly? <laughs> giggly, gotta like, be, what, giggly's gotta be up there. What do you think? I don't know. I kind of like when she gets angry, dude. I don't know, but when she's like, Wally. <laughs> oh, we know what kind of girl Pap likes. <laughs> I, I mean, the scene where they're like flying through space, I remember seeing that in the movie theater. And I, I feel like the animation holds up really well today, but my God, that is beautiful, right? She has like her blue streak through the sky. He's got the fire extinguisher. Like fire extinguisher. And there's like kind of like doing like 
circles around each other. It's just, it's just awesome. It's that is peak animation. It's the best use of the medium you can do. What is higher, the peak animation there or peak Modine? Nothing's higher than peak Modine. Lunatic fringe. Can't climb peak Modine, man. No one's ever done it. But I'm with you Ooh. though, Pap. Like when I was in the theaters and I saw this, and they were kind of doing that vortex around each other, and like there's the mm. trails right in the camera. My God, and. The score is also brilliant, as well as, like, we get that first, like, electric kiss, which just sends Wally. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, that just sends him to, like, oh, my God, like, I can die now. Holy shit, I'm going to He starts leaking oil. Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that's a really great sequence. And, you know, it was also, I'm happy that you called it medium, Pap, and not a genre. Um... I feel like you and I are kind of on this like wavelength too, where animation is just another medium to tell stories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I look at this like run that Pixar went on. I think it's like Cars, but then it goes, which Cars is not that bad. We were just talking about that, Stevie. I feel like the first. It's actually upper tier, man. It's it's close to it's pretty good. The first Cars is like a little bit underrated actually because of the sequel, but I think it goes like Cars, Ratatouille. Wally up Toy Story 3. Like, what a fucking run for like any movie studio. That's insane. That's nuts. This is that's a good four movies. Like, give me any other four movies against that. I mean Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin. The Disney Renaissance. Denny Villeneuve's four year or four movie run. <laughs> yeah. But like Pat like Pat said like this is like I mean it is a brilliant run. And it's just another medium to tell stories. And like, even with this, where in its heart, what is it really about? It's about one dusty robot simping over a really smooth, brand new robot. Awesome. Like, it, <laughs> it works. They make it work. Like, they make it work. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of stakes in this. I mean, Josh, I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but like, the scene on deck where evil robots trying to literally kill Wally, I mean, was there not great drama there? There was great drama. I don't know. I oh, the size, oh, this big ep- size. <laughs> I just had the epiphany just before. Uh, what's his name? Like Otto. 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 Otto, yeah. Otto goes evil. I mean, I've seen this movie in the past, but like this epiphany about how I was so relieved the humans are like actually nice as a whole and like good natured. The robot, it almost made me wish there wasn't, like, a real evil. Like, maybe that, maybe Otto should have just had a different directive that set him on a bad path for a while. You know what I mean, Stevie? Does he really need to be, like, this bad? What's he getting at? He was programmed that way. So you think that is just, like, a, a directive thing? Not so. That's just a directive! I don't know. They make him seem pretty malfeasant in this. That's literally just, like, bad programming. Where he can't unlock it. That's just his pure directive. Once that was in, once A113 was initiated, lights out. <laughs> mutiny is in the program. What do you think happened to all those captains, man? It's mutiny. And that's Eve's <laughs> whole character arc, right? Like she has a legit character arc where she starts totally focused on her directive. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, she's like willing to sacrifice that to save Wally. Right mm-hmm. now, the, the goals end up do aligning, but she, she's the one who like changes more than. Any other person other than like the 
John Ratzenberger character. <laughs> I my only problem with the auto character and even like the little like gag that they have at the end one of the 2001 music plays. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's a little like it doesn't hold up to the quality of the rest of the movie. I'll say it's like a little bit too much of a gimmick mm-hmm. for me. I, like he's way too much Hal from 2001. Even his design and if it comes down to a physical fight, this robot should have like slit this captain's head off in three different ways before he even stood up from <laughs> the chair. The, I'll get to that. Like, I got something to say about that, but well, it was a few years before Ex Machina came out. <laughs> the world was not ready. <laughs> Would you have Brett? Just say it. Yeah. Wh- why are you holding off on this, Brett? Well, again, I don't have a problem with it. It's funny to me, but like at the end. They all, like the captain, like what Josh was talking about, he starts fighting and, uh, all the guy, people at the end, they just, oh, they gotta get up. They, they just need some strong will. And I was like, that's not how muscle atrophy works. <laughs> like 30 years of not using your muscles, you can't just get over it just cause you want to. They learned. They listened. I love the bone graph. Like your your bone density is going to probably be pretty yes. pretty low. I don't know if that makes sense because like I, I they have artificial gravity, right? So like mm, our astronauts would experience that because we don't have artificial gravity, but I think they do. Huh. Okay. I guess. No, I still agree with you, Brett. Like, they can't just, like, get up. They're, they're not Grandpa Joe. Like, they're just going to hop up and be right. like, yeah, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> they're just like, they literally probably need to be taught how to walk. Yeah. Right. Balance. I mean, balancing is pretty tough. Grandpa Joe's, like, a piece of shit. Big oh, like, yeah. piece of shit knowledge. in cinema Fuck history. that dude. Common knowledge in our culture now. Okay. I know okay. you don't like it, Josh, but it, it got a great in the pitch meeting. They're just talking about it. He's like, oh, my God. He's like, you sure he's not the villain in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Like, the mom's working multiple jobs and they're eating cabbage every night and he doesn't do anything. But, you know, when he gets a golden ticket, he's up dancing around doing a jig. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. Grandpa Joe fought in the war, okay? He earned his, his rest. There's one part of that movie where Charlie goes, but Grandpa Joe, that money is for your tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> what a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> where's my uh, spittoon charlie he's also like the reason charlie starts getting in trouble yes. i think he tells him to drink the fizzy yes, lifting he's, drinks that's I say, he's the one that makes him do that oh what a piece of shit he almost ruins his prospects how do you think his other grandpa feels that man probably is sick his other grandpa yeah <laughs> he's <probably> actually sick <laughs> He feels bad. <laughs> Grandpa Joe saw him and said, saddle up, partner. I'm getting in the bed, too. <laughs> <laughs> that man probably has TB. <laughs> also, another thing he brings up. Imagine the smell of those sheets. 20 years of eating cabbage. Oh, boy. Pretty nasty. You mm. know, Grandpa Joe doesn't wipe his own ass, either. That man just <laughs> he milks it for oh, all yeah. it's worth. Oh, yeah. If that other man is truly sick... The other grandpa, then Grandpa Joe's taking advantage of both women in there too. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> okay, all right. You're, you're probably right, but he's spry. He's, he's spry. hiddenly spry. It's proven. Virile. <laughs> all right, that's good. This Timothy Chalamet movie's got to be awesome. I can't wait for it. Yeah, he's cast as Grandpa Joe. 
Harvey Weinstein. Ah, jeez. <laughs> Bill Cosby. <laughs> Weinstein has the cane and he like just tosses it and he starts doing a jig. <laughs> Walker with the tennis balls. That's it. <laughs> Corey, I kind of wanted to kick this to you. Um, are you happy that this movie didn't go to like crazy levels of preachy? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what I'm not happy about, like in this area of the movie, is that this movie kind of just devolves into chaos for a while, and it truly becomes a children's movie, which is something I don't like. I don't like a lot of animated movies. I don't like a lot of animated children's movies, unless I grew up on them and I have some kind of like soft spot. Land Before Time. That's a good oh. one. Yeah. Ducky. Movies like this and like, uh, there's probably other examples, maybe like Monsters, Inc. Like when it gets to like the end, it's just a lot of people running around and chasing each other <laughs> and it happens for too long. Yeah. And that is a problem with this movie. It's, it's really like different, right? Than it is in the beginning in a big way when it comes to that point. When you're watching all these robots running through the halls, chasing each other with the wanted signs and people are getting knocked over and things are flying all over the place. It's more like kind of like a cheaply made cartoon at that point. Not that this was actually cheaply made, but if you just compare it to the beginning of the movie, it's like a totally different fucking vibe. And that's why I think the beginning of the movie is like really one of the strongest of this type of movie in terms of just like what they convey without saying anything, like how it looks like the feel of it, like there's a lot of like wonder and awe in the beginning, despite it being like this gross dystopia. Later on in the movie, it's just too chaotic for me. And I said the beginning was very kinetic. This part is very chaotic. So there's like a chaotic versus kinetic aspect to this movie. <laughs> you don't think this movie's, I, I wouldn't call it preachy, Stevie. Dude, yeah. I've, have you seen the Lorax? Yeah, like right. There's no, there's virtually no dialogue, so everything's like shown, not told. But this is definitely the most like message. Like this movie has something to say about things. Mm -hmm. I feel like more so than any other Pixar movie, almost. I I got. Uh, I mean, like I picked up on that, but for someone who finds annoying preachiness in just about everything, it, it like didn't bother me at all. I thought I saw your letterbox review, and uh, I I don't necessarily agree to the full extent that you did, but. Yeah, everything else is so good that it makes up for some of the other stuff. But I thought it was like low enough that it didn't really bother me. To me, it feels preachy, but preachy about like the wrong things. It's preachy about being lazy, but not about like environmentalism, which is like there all you of go. Wally's That's goal. What I was getting at. It just seems like yeah. it's misguided in the second half of about what's important. What do you mean, Mikey? Wally's whole goal is to is to clean up all this shit that we've accumulated on Earth so that we <laughs> and can... And make skyscrapers. Yeah, so that we can grow plants again on Earth and then people can come back and repopulate it. Eve's goal is to, like, f check the planet to make sure that there's vegetation. And in the end, it's like... We learn... They... 
luck out honestly that anything is even growing because (laughs) they they don't know anything at all they have no plan set in place when they get back to earth with this measly plant and uh, yeah they just like what the the camera pans over a field of like stuff growing but they don't know what they're doing they they've taken no steps towards like making a better earth when they come back they they don't know what they're doing when they get here yeah, but what's President Camacho going to do? He doesn't know how to grow plants, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> They need Gatorade. <laughs> he electrolytes. Learn. He listens. He listens. You have to look for it, and it's in the in the shadows now, but there is a small but vocal contingent, Stevie, who calls this movie ableist and fatphobic. I don't know if you have any, any thoughts on that. They can go fuck themselves. Um, I mean... Shut up, bitch! <laughs> oh my god he killed him no um yeah i mean honestly in today's day and age everything is ableist and i find those arguments extremely annoying um i don't find it to be fat phobic at all this is just a part of the story this is what they thought would happen mm-hmm. storytelling wise which, which andrew stanton is a savant when it comes to storytelling i think it hits just right so, and I mean, it's also not, I mean, if it was fat phobic, you know, Wally be smacking, you know, these shakes or these food out of these people's hands and like putting a treble under their feet saying, go, 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 go. But like, it doesn't do that. Eve's got the gun pointed at him, making everybody do the truffle shuffle. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking damn. Like, that's, that's a good point. Like they're, they're like a plot, but they're not like the butt of jokes. It's just, that is what they are because that's that is what, what they are. Happened. That's circumstances. what led to. That's what led to the world we're in in 2700s. I, I yeah. just, it's not like, like you're right, Mikey's right. They're not like jiggling around and. I just wish they were more competent. Like they're so, they're like useless in the end. <laughs> like they're not. But yeah, they are, but that's the point though. They don't, yeah, they're not, they don't yeah. have to take care of themselves. Ah, uh, yeah. Hey, Pap, to add on to something, I know that might sound ridiculous, but it's a testament to the world we live in that I, it actually, popped into my head and I actually mentioned it to Brittany. We live in a world right now where I feel like if this movie came out, it wouldn't be a very large amount of people. But when Eve is kind of like catatonic waiting for the ship to come get her and he like grabs her hand and he's like holding her hand while, you know guys, I'm not That's talking a about. really good point, Brett. And I, I was exactly thinking, what you're gonna say. I guarantee you there are some people watching this that are like, he didn't get her consent to do that. And I'm just like, it's just, you just, you take all the joy out of watching a movie if you think that way. You know, let's not argue with a made-up person. But yeah, I, I think <laughs> I do. I do think that, like, yeah, I am with you though. If this movie came out today, I think there would also be a contingent of people who would call this like environmentalist propaganda, right? And maybe that's just like because Disney has become a very hot-button political issue that people politicized. Yeah, talk about yeah anything Disney. But Wally's so goddamn pure, man. Let's just love Wally for who he is. No, no. The scene Brett pointed out is exactly like in Boondock Saints when <laughs> Rocco? Rocco grabs the blast out dancer's boot. Nothing boob. like that. No. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> My guy Wally. She wasn't awake. I'm going to tip her. Just wants to make his cubes and hold hands with his lady friend. <laughs> well, like, the other thing is, too, is, like, those scenes where she's, like, in that state of, you know, waiting... And Wally's, you know, covering her with an umbrella, getting shocked, you know, falling off a building here and there, like... Chauvinistic pig. 
Well, the reason that comes back really well is because she sees it later on in the movie. Right. And she sees, like, I can't believe he was doing all this for me. When he, like, he didn't have to. You know what I mean? He's taking care of her. It's like the notebook when Rachel finally gets all the letters. She uh, thinks Ryan Gosling has never uh, written her. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Mama, how could you hide these from me? Yeah, and then she finally gets this box that shows how much he's been caring for her behind the scenes this whole time. Mm-hmm. It's pretty strong. I like it in both cases. It's better in Waller. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but this movie, I mean, it ends how you think it's going to end. People warbling off the ship, some falling, some barely walking. The kids are walking just fine, shockingly. Those little bastards, walking perfectly. How are they made? Great question. Oh, you don't want to know what those robots are You don't want to know what goes on in the the (laughs) Axiom. Otto is in charge of all of this. No. (laughs) He doesn't want to lose this power. (laughs) Otto? Come down here. Aye, aye, sir. My favorite shot of the movie, I think, though, is when Otto is behind all of the captains in those pictures. And the captain's, like, realizing it, and it's a little creepy. I thought that was really, really cool. It's not the most beautiful shot, but it's really cool. There's this weird transition, too, because I was looking at this frame after frame after frame, where, like, the first captain looks, like, more human then animated mm-hmm. CGI. And then if you go down further down the line, it progresses. It's really weird. And Otto becomes more and more prominent in each of those pictures, right? Like he keeps getting closer and closer. But yeah, we end up saving the earth, you know, planting um, because that plant was um, preserved because of the uh, refrigerator that Indiana Jones got blown up in the kingdom in the Crystal Skull. Ooh. <laughs> That's what I think. Looks pretty. Preserved plant. Pretty similar. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Pretty similar fridge. But um, before we get into it... Wait, there's the whole like field of plants, right? Over the hill? Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't the only right plant. Yeah. I thought that was them I thought they'd planted those. Oh, I guess I missed that. Yeah, Pep, I thought that was showing progression that they actually did it. No, because I think that's like the same shot that they just pull out from them pulling planting the plant, and then you see the oh, field of plants okay. farther oh, away. Auto didn't pull out. Like, you do get the, the end credit scene, right? Where it's, like, them building the society mm-hmm. in the end credit scene. It's, like, otherwise, I, I'm with you. It'd be, like, these people are fucked. They're definitely going <laughs> to die. <laughs> well, they only got this one plant. And it, it's my Stevie question. What what plant is this? Pizza what plant. you got your money on? It's Pizza plants sticky, all icky. day. Um, I mean. <laughs> Mikey. Well, what strain, Mikey? <laughs> That's a oh. California sense of meal. Oh, um, I don't know. Some pineapple express. <laughs> Strawberry cough. There you go. Stevie, what is it, though? What do you got? What do you think this plant is? You want it for consumption? No, I just... what In the in the context of the movie, like, what do you think it actually is? Oh, it'd have to be a hearty plant. 
Um, a potato. Potato. An onion? Uh, good. Like holes? A what? An onion, like in holes. Oh, yeah. The onion salesman. Um... I mean, if it were me on Earth, and I was like, "Hey, what I want this to be," I'd like I'd be pumped if it was a basil plant. I just doubt it because I don't think it's a very hardy plant. It just smells amazing. What do you think it is, Josh? It's just poison ivy. They've <laughs> 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 all been wiping their ass with it for a couple of generations. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I would like to think it's food or something, but I get the feeling it's just almost like it's a house weed, some sort of weed. Yeah. It's when you get around your garden. Like, hey, I gotta pull that. I would like to think that the ship has some sort of chirogenically stored seed stash. That'd be awesome. Right? Wouldn't that be smart? But I want to see that and know that they made those plans. <laughs> they just seem like they've they made no attempt to, to when they get Boys. back to Earth, to, like, put any effort forward. Okay, this is like 700 years in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2700 something. What if they fucking made pizza seeds where he could grow pizza plants and he wasn't just, <gasps> like, bullshitting? Oh, shit. Can, can you get sweet heat? Bro. <laughs> Does it come with its Happy's own like, pop grease? I need, the, I need the four meats pizza <laughs> from Jack's Where's the Papa on John's a paper plate. Sauce plate. <laughs> I was going to say, you need that. <laughs> That's how you water it, Pap, with those cups of Papa John's garlic sauce. <laughs> and it comes out, you know, greased, ready to go once it's planted. Future's looking bright, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Josh brought this up earlier, but one of the more endearing parts of this movie, though, is where Wally gets smashed to bits. And you know, like, the boy just ain't right after he uh, gets crushed. And I don't know, but, like, even I was in the theaters, and I've seen this movie a million times now because my daughter just absolutely, like, loves Wally and loves Hello Dolly like I still have this kind of like feeling that like Eve's not going to be able to fix him or Sam's not going to go right with him and even when she does fix him he's not all there just yet like and that kiss comes back I just find that to be a really pretty sequence oh yeah it's ship of Theseus right all over again mm-hmm. WandaVision you change <laughs> out all of Wally's parts when does he stop being Wally exactly mm-hmm He's got the same dick. It's <laughs> all that matters. Yeah. Nothing like Cy Abelman, though. Uh, are you going to do final thoughts? Yeah, let's do some final thoughts. All right. So I'm going to do some Oscar stuff. Is that all right, real quick? Yeah. yeah. Let's hit it. All right. So this movie was nominated for six. Well, first of all, let's start with this is the highest rated Pixar movie on IMDb's top 250. Mm. And it's the second highest ranked Disney movie behind... Anybody want to throw out a guess? Lion King. Beauty and the Beast. Lion King. Uh. Lion King. Oh, another quick one. Sorry. Uh, we're not... Uh, what's it? Anybody know the next Pixar after? Ratatouille? Finding Nemo. Toy Story yeah, 3. One, one of you guys is jazz. One of the newer ones. Soul. Coco? Coco. Yeah. All right. Cacao. So sorry. Yeah, I wouldn't say it. Um, it's actually got a 95 meta score, which is really high. Um, so it's nominated for six actors, uh, six Oscars, winning only one. It won for Best Animated Feature Film, which was in a really down year. Like I was t- 
Tom Brittany, there's only three nominees that year. What it was, was it? Wally, Wally, Bolt, and Kung Fu Panda. Three nominees. Like, that's crazy. That that's is. Still, yeah, it's crazy, I mean, right? I, like, there's the a lot fact of good that animated Bolt movies. was nominated is psychotic. Yeah, yeah that's John Travolta. I've never seen weird. it, but I heard it's kind of bad, right? It's um. There's some really great mafia pigeons that always crack me up, but it's not a <laughs> great movie. That's what when John Lasseter started working for Disney too. I think Bolt was like the ah. first movie that he started to get into. So yeah. m- much worse animation style. Is he like a? I was like, I know he got in trouble, but isn't he like a legend? Lasseter. Oh yeah, everything yeah. he touched turned to gold at Pixar. He just he just had those la- you know famous Lasseter hugs, quote unquote. So ones that it lost. Sadly, because I, I love the score in this, but it did not win best score. Um, it lost to Slumdog Millionaire, which I, I think I remember being pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, the score. <laughs> uh, Jai Ho. Um, it did not win best original song. It lost to Jai Ho. Uh, there was only three nominees that year, too. Two from Slumdog and one from Wally. This is That's where weird. I wanted to ask. I almost weird. asked like an hour ago. Yeah, this is really weird. I don't, I don't know why... Wait, wait, oh, was it the writer's strike? That was the year. Yeah, 2008. Yeah, 2007. 2007, yeah. Or was it 2002? Or was it 2012, 17, 22? It's every five years. Um, Stop. So, best we sound editing. We stand with Kyle McVeigh. And best sound mixing. Like, I know you guys are really in this one. So, best sound editing, it lost to The Dark Knight. Wait, <sighs> editing or mixing? It lost. Editing. Okay, lost editing, fine. I don't know about that one. Because editing was effects. And I feel like the fucking robot effects are amazing in this. Like, I don't know if yeah. there's like, original sounds created for The Dark Knight that stand out more than I mean, this. what they were doing over at Disney Imagineering for this movie is pretty insane. Like, the contraptions they were building to get the sounds for this movie are... It's pretty awesome. The Wally quote. Yeah, like, that's people amazing. said that forever, yeah. Wally... <laughs> That sound editing thing, like the the original yeah, so sounds it, or whatever. Yeah, so it's it's reverse, right, Pap? Editing is the making of, and mixing yeah. is the levels. Now it's all one category, but yeah, the way to it's remember stupid. was editing yeah. effects, uh, mixing music, like the levels, like how yeah. everything's mixed together. So that Wally lost that to Slumdog Millionaire. Um, how stupid. I, I don't remember. I mean, that was a darling, obviously. I also skipped one. Sorry. It lost in best original screenplay. It lost to Milk, which is hard since it's based on some guy's life, but whatever. Uh, Milk beat out Frozen River, Happy Go Lucky, In Bruges, and Wally. And I think that's it. But uh, best visual effects. Nope, no, I didn't get that one either. Sorry. That wasn't it. I think I said six, but either way, yeah. tough year, I guess. Speaking of the highest accolades a film can achieve, Sigourney Weaver, nine movie club. Let's oh, go. I counted eight. I counted eight. Uh, I think nine. I can double check. Both avatars. So we got both aliens, first two aliens, the mayor wits, this movie, uh, the Halloween one that's awesome, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, Ghostbusters. That's the only eight I counted. You got a Monster Calls? I don't know if we did that. Did we do that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, then that's nine then. I, I didn't... Yep. That was a animated movie? 
No, I, there's a big tree thing that was animated in it. Yeah. It's sad. It's a very sad movie. Oh, okay, so I, yeah, you did that? Okay. Then that's fine, yeah, that's... Before Liam Neeson said that uh, he wanted to, used to roam the night looking for black people to kill. Dude, um, that's he the was most... a <laughs> He was a tree trying to help a young man through the... Uh... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's got to be like way ahead of the next female, right? Or is it oh, Gina yeah. Rodriguez or whatever? Well, no, no, Gina no, Rodriguez a, or whatever. She's almost the overall queen of spoilers. She's right up there with Michelle Vin. Rodriguez. Sorry, yeah. Gina Rodriguez is Jane the Virgin, I think. All right, boys, I'm gonna say this: Poor Man's Tonight is like playoffs version of Poor Man's. So, um, yes let's get no's? to yes or no's. Yeah, uh, Brett, you go first. Okay, I'll make it uh, quick. Yeah, I liked this movie the first time I watched it, and I thought. This movie was like unbelievable this time. I really dug the physical comedy and the lack of dialogue was awesome. The, it, I said in my review, it's one of the best romance movies ever. It looks amazing. Mm. It sounds amazing. It's just all around. It's really, really good. Hard, 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 hard. Yes. Nice. Uh, let's go to George. Uh, if you don't like this movie... You need to find your inner child or something. Yeah. I really appreciate this movie because I think it's one of Pixar's rare moments where they're not going for straight tears all the time. I'm not saying they never felt emotional at all, but uh, I don't feel like it wasn't the emotional porn that I feel like... uh, What what is that movie about the feelings? Inside Out or something like that? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Toy Story 3, like, those movies, like, I are on my Persona Non Grata list. Like, I will not watch those movies because I don't want to go to that place. But this is where... <laughs> I don't want to this feel... This is where Pixar was... <laughs> Pixar is hitting a stride with this for me. I love it. I love the all the art in this movie. It's a huge, huge yes. Great movie. Mikey. It's a uh, rock-solid Vigo yes. Uh... Love the movie. I think Wally and Eve are some of the best uh, character designs. Uh, and you, you just get to see how, like, every piece of Wally works. He's literally assembling and reassembling himself throughout the entire movie. I love that. Um, I, I just, I think the first half is so good. It makes me not like the second half as much. And that's only because I just don't need the humans. But um, they're there. Uh, for better or worse, but I mean, it's still a great movie. Uh, I wish there was a sequel or something, or maybe just like adventures with Wally and Eve at some point, but I don't think they're ever going to do that. But, uh, yeah, I like, I like this movie a lot. So it's a very solid. Yes. Pappy. Oh yeah. Uh, rock hard Viggo Mortensen. Yes. It's a masterpiece. And I don't know, it takes me back to like. I talked about this earlier, but how strong Pixar was during this time. It was just so fucking fun because they would have like a little cartoon before the movie that you would see. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember just being blown away by the way it looks. I still think it looks amazing. Yeah, I'm with Mikey. I think the first half, the first act, whatever you want to call it, is like maybe the best, best thing Pixar's ever, ever done. Like even better than the first five minutes of Up. Yeah, character design, score, everything. Yeah. It took it from my list, Stevie. I was going to pick this at some point, so very hard. Let's yes. go, Kylo. 
Yep, this is Corey Kylo Ren memes. I'm gonna give it a yes. I hadn't seen this movie. I knew about it, of course. It was, you know, uh, it had a lot of buzz when it came out among a certain type of people and children and such. I did really like a lot of this movie. I, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't love the chaotic chasing through the ship, uh, which is, kind of encompasses a large part of the movie. But other than that, you know, it's sweet. It's fun. It's nice. Wally's cute. It works on all the levels that it's intended to work, and it really, I think, it really excels at the um, the dystopian world that Wally lives in, the environments, the way things look. Everything in that beginning is just like so captivating in terms of filmmaking. So uh, you have to give it a yes at least for that. So uh, yeah, I'll give it a yes. Pretty good one. Oh, and uh, I want to say, I know we're going to do trivia soon. Do we still have that pact among all of us spoiler men that whoever wins is going to pick and host the pest? <laughs> what? Huh? We're, all, we're, we're going with the pest no matter was who wins. Was there a pact? Right? There was definitely not a pact. I, d- I don't remember. Blood sacrifice. I can't do that one yet. I, I promise. I didn't know that was a thing. I know I'm the one that brought it up, but... The fellowship is broken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll give this the hardest of yeses. This is um, made my top three in Pixar movies, and it just—I don't know. I think you know when it comes to these top three movies, like Ratatouille is like really inspiring to the artist in me. Coco is like the dreamer in me, and Wall-E just really hits a special spot for like the romantic in me. And I love this movie as a as a love story. Mm-hmm. I think it's animated brilliantly. The score is amazing. Like Pap said, the first twenty minutes of this movie are probably the best. It's probably the best thing Pixar has ever done. Um, and one other thing this movie gave me is like pure joy with my daughter when she watches it. Or when she watches Hello, Dolly, because she just jams out to that for two and a half hours. So I will give this the hardest of yeses. Hello, Wally. This is Jeopardy. You guys ready for some poor man's Jeopardy? Oh, yeah. Going ready. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's keeping score? I can keep score. Uh... Order goes this. Actually, let's, yeah, order goes this. Mikey, George, Corey, Pappy, Brett. Tonight's categories. We have five categories. Three questions each. Our first category is, Hello! Doll's Eyes. Wall Titles. Easy Math. And It's the End of the World as We Know It. I'll take Wall Titties for two. (laughs) (laughs) And boys, since it's playoff times... Since, <laughs> I'll take since easy we're in the playoffs for two. <laughs> since we're in the playoffs, I'm just going to let you guys know, threes are threes. So there's a little strategy there, right? Mm. No open looks. Threes are threes. So t- you're saying they're tough? Yeah. I'm saying the threes. We're, we're in the playoffs, Brett. Threes are threes. All right, Mikey, let's go. Uh, I'll do doll's eyes for one. This doll appears in the first Conjuring movie and also kickstarted its own franchise. Who is Annabelle? Put Mikey on the board. One point. Let's go. Nice. All righty. George. It's the end of the world. (laughs) I'll take that one. 
four. <laughs> One, of course, obviously. Joseph Gordon-Levitt reflects on how many days of summer? Uh, hundred days of summer. Is that your final seems answer? About like three, it seems about like three months. <laughs> yes. Did you say 500 or 100? You said 100. You said 100. Is that the... That's no. incorrect. It's 500 it's incorrect. days? Yeah, it's 500. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> Josh, you fool. I just gave... Josh, my how best you, guess how'd you miss that? It's the... Uh, I just remember. No. <laughs> I'm so confused. What <laughs> the hell? <laughs> All right. Um, Corey. Uh, God. The people listening at home, they can't see the board with the Jeopardy titles, but Stevie managed to use the same exact color scheme that I use for mine, which is like these soft pastel colors. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stevie. Amazing. Wall titles for two. Okay, wall titles. Matt Damon and Willem Dafoe play mercenaries fighting monsters in China in this 2016 god-awful movie. What is the Great Wall? That is correct, but Corey on the board. Wow. I totally forgot about that. A lot of then. subjectivity in there. It's a bad movie. That's part of the question. It's a god-awful <laughs> movie from God 2016. <laughs> yeah. Give me I easy math. I saw it in theaters, math. Josh. Fuck off. Easy math for one, please, Stevie. Josh already missed that. No, he missed It's the end of the world as we know it, for one. Oh, yeah. that's right. Okay. My bad. Okay, it's the end of the world. Sorry. There we go. Wrong. I have a lot written here. Okay. It's the end of the world as you know it for one. No. Roland Emmerich. What? What? Easy math for one. Wait. Oh, my mistake. Now I'm confused. Did you read me the wrong question, I read you the wrong sir. one. My bad, George. Oh, no wonder. Yeah, I was... What? You missed it anyway. I'll take it's the well, end of the world as we know it for one. It's right. That was hard math. Courtesy point. No, no, Josh still missed that somehow. I mean, that's like a movie made Should- for Josh. Okay. I should go negative then. Well, then whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, you should. I want hello for one, though. <laughs> okay, hello, hello for, one. for one. My bad, George, but somehow you still miss that. It's no big deal. Sorry, I'm not in love with that movie. Fuck that movie. I don't know how you missed that, though. Okay, hello for one. This Seinfeld character always greets his nephew with a big old, Hello! Uncle Leo! <laughs> Put Pappy on the board. That is correct. That's a one-pointer. I wouldn't have got that. Everyone knows Uncle Leo. Uncle Leo. Hello. I will take easy math for two. (sighs) Easy math for dose. Okay, here we are. Jack Skellington's dog is named this. Oh, Brett. (laughs) I've seen it once. Um, Thirteen. Settle. Zero. Incorrect. Okay. Yep. I only said it once. Mikey. Hmm. How about doll's eyes for two? I love some dolls. Okay. I'm going to be pretty liberal with this one, all right? There's a lot we can go with, but just listen to this question. This upscale doll retailer has 12 locations nationwide. Some of these stores are retrofitted with cafes, have multiple levels, and salons for the dolls they sell. What is the name of this retailer? 
Easy. The American Girl Doll Store. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would have said. What is it? There's like American Girl Doll Store, American Girl Place, American Girl Doll. Just There's so many different variations, but that is correct. Mikey's got more points from Doll Eyes than everyone. Than anybody else. <laughs> doll's Eyes. George. In Doll's Eyes. Uh, hello for three. Ooh, oh. <sighs> Josh, what did we say? The threes are threes. Give it to me. Hope it has to do with Seinfeld. <sighs> hello is the second to last word this character hears in The Godfather after being killed for betraying the Corleone family. The last word he hears is his name. What is this character's name? Good question. Did you say what godfather it was? No, what godfather character? He gets killed for betraying the family. (sighs) And the second to last word he hears is hello. The last word he ever hears of his life is his name. What is his character's name? I like the trivia question for Josh. Name a Godfather character who's not the Godfather. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so there's two characters, and I Brett's gonna kill me. I I think Brett knows. Remember, I can't remember the one that was killed in the car with like the groat thing. I feel like that might be the answer, but I also know that Fredo famously betrayed the family for sure. So I guess I have to guess Fredo. Can't be right though. This is incorrect. Brett, do you have any idea? Hello, Carlo. Is it the Hello Carlo? That's right. Good job. Is he in the car? Yeah, yeah but the Garrett gets strangled to death dropped. by Clemenza. Yeah. Cross pants too. Gosh dang it. I me and Brett have talked about that scene like three times. I just don't know the characters. Carlo Rizzi. He craps his pants? Yeah, in the book, and you could see in the movie Clemenza sticks his head out the window. Yeah. Because he craps his pants. Uh-huh. Which is weird because he just took a pee. <laughs> so it's like one of those things like you're thinking of him on the side of the road. He's taking a pee, but he kind of had to poop. No, that's, but he's in a cornfield. That's that's Polly. That's Polly. Anyway, he was sick a lot. Corey, what's up? Uh, end of the world for one, if that's still available. I didn't quite understand the fiasco. No, that's the one that... Yeah. Oh, okay, no, that might be available. Uh, yeah, it is. Okay, end of the world for one for Corey. <coughs> Roland Emmerich, Roland Emmerich gave us this 2004 disaster movie starring Dennis Quaid and dreamy Jake Gyllenhaal as his son. What is the day after tomorrow? That is correct. Uh, give me wall titties for one. <laughs> Leona, Leo DiCaprio. Stars as a predatory stockbroker in what movie? Who is the Wolf of Wall Street? Which category was that? Wolf titties. <laughs> that is correct. I gotta, I gotta make a move. Uh, I'll go wall titles for three. Yeah, Brett. Brett trying to get back on the positive. Good shooters keep shooting. This band. No. <laughs> This 2012 high school drama featuring Ezra Miller and Emma Watson mm. is about a new freshman kid just trying to fit in and feel normal. 
What is the perks of being a wallflower? Put Brett in the positive. That is correct. You scared me for a second. I've never seen it, but I know it's got a, like a really good young cast, too. Can we get a final round score update slash just confirmation on what's left? Okay, so going into the final round, Mikey tied for the lead with three. Let's go. Josh trying to ruin someone's night with a negative four. Corey <coughs> tied for the lead with a three. Pappy got a solid two in the mix. And Brett back on the positive side with a one. All right, Mikey, what you got? Let's finish out Doll's Eyes. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know where yeah. Mikey Doll Eyes is going. Gonna run the category. This is huge. <laughs> Chucky from Child's Play comes from what toy line? <gasps> oh God! This is so easy. <clears throat> threes are threes, boys. I it's I don't know the exact words. It's tough. Oh, is it? Hmm. Is it like Happy Guy toys or something? (laughs) (laughs) Corey, what is it? It's a good guy dolls. Good guy. (laughs) Damn. (gasps) In the show, they only say it like 500 times. The show? Yeah, the series. There's a show? Yeah, it's pretty sick. George, ruin someone's night. Uh, I don't even know how at this point. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's just do hello for two. Hoping for some more Seinfeld. <laughs> it's all Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi has countless memes. Oh my god. He has one for his hello there meme. What Star Wars movie is this from? <laughs> Corey. <laughs> Corey, what are you pooping your pants? <laughs> Easy. Uh, a big Star Wars guy. Holy shit! I'm actually having a brain fart. I just can't remember if it's two or think, three. Josh, things are fan. tricky, man. Who does he say fan. it to? I know he says it to Grievous, obviously. Um. They, I mean, I can remember the whole scene. He's fighting, like, on top of that animal that he's riding. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's got to be episode Star Wars Episode 3. What's the name of the movie, Josh? <laughs> yeah. Re- Revenge of the Sith. That is correct. <sighs> Dude, I could have sworn it was 2 for some reason, but all I could picture was Camino. Think of his hair. That's how you can place the movie. Uh, true. <laughs> He's got the flowing locks. I feel like people are actually scoring good for this poor man's champion. I'm actually kind of excited about this. Corey's Corey. going to take the easy way out. He can win it here. Wow. Brett made me feel bad about it, so I think I'm actually going to do end of the world for two. <laughs> <gasps> what are we doing? Playing it safe. <sighs> Not if it's Seinfeld. I won't get that shit. <laughs> Brett, you know this better than I would. Is it Cillian Murphy or Chillian Murphy? Killian. <laughs> Not Cillian okay. Murphy. Cillian <laughs> Murphy plays oh, Jim, a man who wakes up from coma and finds the world he once knew is completely gone in this 2002 horror film. Oof. I don't know this one. 
Don't know it. Oh, I actually know it. What is it? 28 Days Later. That is correct. Oh. I figured that was right up your alley. Pat can put it away with a, th- a three. I mean, I have to pick a three. It's either, either easy math or it's the end of the world. Pap for three. As we know it. No, I feel fine. Give me easy math <laughs> for three. It's a blink version. I feel like someone... It's, this one, I mean, we'll see. Oh, damn it. Did I say easy math? I meant, <laughs> it might I not be so easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Doc Brown and Back to the Future. How many gigawatts? So mad at me. Forty-seven hundred. No, no. Come on. What is it, Corey? One hundred and twenty-one gigawatts. No, ten point twenty-one. One point twenty-one I would have got it wrong technically. You would have gotten it wrong. It's one point twenty-one. <sighs> Fuck. Sorry. Everybody. Classic decimal place in the wrong spot. Who's in the lead right now? Brett and Corey are tied right with one. Yeah, it comes down to this. Classic poor man's Jeopardy score. <laughs> tied for one. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm in second with zero, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Just end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, end of the world. We know it. It's the three, I believe. Edgar Wright finished his three flavors Cornetto trilogy with what bar hopping sci-fi comedy? Motherfucker. What is the world's end? That is correct. Brett is your winner. Okay. Nice. Nice. Come from behind win. It's called the Cornetto Trilogy. Is that back-to-back Brett's? I think it is. Back-to-back. Damn, Brett. I got a... I got a good movie, and I, I'd like to ask your permission to invite a special guest on that is a huge friend of the pot. Brother Brian? No, no. Yeah, Brother Brian. Brian. He's not. He's, he's in bed at 10 o'clock, man. Is it Ghostbusters 2? Brian Pan got kids. No. Brett, you think on it, yeah. and uh, we'll kick it to spoilers, man. Uh, take it away, spoilers, man. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. <laughs> Brother Brian. Druid King. Nick. The Meg. Nurse Stacy. The Wolf. Barky 420. P.K. Hey, drink the bus. Here, take the cup. Hey, take the cup. Spencer. Hi, Wally. Gale. Uh, Mary? Swole. By and large, everything you need to be happy. Your day is very important to us. Cheese zombie. Computer, status report. Sebastian. That is all that love 
an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Be sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. And we're back. Brett, what are we spoiling next on the movie game? Okay, so I said about a year and a half ago I was going to pick this next. I messaged a special spoilers friend of the pod and told him it was going to be next. I told my wife it was going to be next. It's on our movie uh, scratch-off board that we haven't seen. And I just haven't picked it. And I got a little flack from Wifey a couple weeks ago, and so we are going to be doing the what year? What year? Two thousand eight. Just tell us the Shut goddamn movie. I love it. No, draw it out. I love it. <laughs> we are going to be doing the two thousand eight Oscar-nominated movie in Bruges. Nice pick. And I would like Thank to, you, if he's available, invite Film Dylan. Because I believe it is one of his top four favorite movies, at least on Letterboxd it is, so... Uh, oh, it's fallen out, so... But I'm pretty sure he loves it. So that like is what we're going to be doing. Since Film Dylan's been on the pod. Too long. And we're like going to have a really? special trivia Who do we with? For some reason, I thought you were going to say Best Friend Drew, and I was going to be real upset about it. <laughs> no, but you come on if we do Johnny Dangerously, or... Austin I would Powers. say Captain Ron. No. All right, that's going to be a great movie to spoil. Hopefully, we can get Film Dylan on that. Um, thank you guys for podcasting with on this tonight. And also, thank you to all of our listeners. Honestly, this is like my favorite part of the week is spoiling movies. I'm glad you guys get to listen to it, hear us crack jokes, and just have fun doing Poor Man's Jeopardy. That was spoilers.
and by record all three of you, we mean just one or two of you. <laughs> one of you is dropping immediately. <laughs> oh shit, Amira. So you know who the captain was? You were like, who is that? Yes. It's um from Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's yeah, it's the big guy. It's what mm-hmm. it's the, the guy's friend. Yeah. No, IMDb. IMDb exists, guys. His, um, Jeff. His yeah. agent. Yeah. Yeah. Serial philanderer Jeff Green. Was familiar. <laughs> One of my favorite characters. Burp, 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 burp. So what are we gonna do in Michigan? I just want to do man. Bonds. Should, should <laughs> huh? we bring Should we bring guns? <laughs> we can do that. Shoot things. The most I mean, dangerous where? game. I mean, Brett, do you have that shit that like blows up when you shoot it? Clay Is pigeons? it Tenorite or um? It's like oh about shit. <laughs> Dragon's breath or what? No, no, no. It's like Tenorite or um. What's Dragon's breath? Dragon's breath. Is that what they call in the sh- streets? No, yeah, it's a from Call of Duty. That's incendiary. Why would we need to be in Michigan to shoot guns? I mean, we're going to be in Michigan, so why not? We'll already be there. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I, I can mean, you not have guns sh- in Michigan? You can have guns in Michigan if you have a uh, <coughs> you have a concealed carry license. Darn. Here, here's my only ask. We do at least one pod each day. <clears throat> That's fine. That's easy. Dude. Preferably mine. It's amateur hour. I'm all shook up. Yeah, we gotta uh-huh. gotta get at least one crazy trivia at at least. Anybody got to work tomorrow? Yeah. Do I have to work tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. No. Good for you, money. Good for you. Do you use TV? Um, you know what my Fridays are like, Pap. It's a free for all. <clears throat> I get pretty like much no. Like, I could pretty much go in in, like, sweats and a t-shirt and probably be okay. So rude. What's yeah. rude? I was talking to my wife. Sorry. What's rude? Do you normally my have to wife. wear a suit? Slurping into the microphone's pretty rude, I'd say, but... <laughs> Who the fuck was that? <laughs> if you do it again, I'm going to leave. <sighs> Who is slurping? Who is it? Is that happy? God, it's like sex or something. <laughs> Brett laughed. <laughs> Dude, I'm the youngest out of like 12 cousins. Don't tell me not to do something because I'm going to fucking do it. Is it that bad? No. No, it's not that bad. It's just probably like one of his pet peeves, you know? Just put on your Sunday clothes, man. Just put on your fucking Sunday clothes. Let's fucking go. Was Brett gone gone? I'll re-add him. It's okay if God. I do it, because then it doesn't. Everyone can keep their pride if I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Not giving in to the man. Where the fuck is this hall? I swear to God, Skype can be like one of the most confusing fucking programs. <laughs> Terrible interface. Thank Dude, God we're making God the switch to Zoom soon. <laughs> yeah. Next week for sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's totally gonna happen. Next well, week. I have to download Zoom because of my State Farm thing gonna do a virtual assessment so i'm excited the thing is you could join the pod from your phone as long as you just record on your computer it doesn't really make a difference you know 
I guess that, that makes sense, yeah. Oh my god, did I seriously just lose this? I can't see the window for this. Why don't you guys send a chat or something? He's back. Oh, okay. Can you send a chat anyway? I need to... This is really fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is like... It, not... Well, it's always two windows for Skype. But... Dude, I somehow closed the window in the foreground, but I still have the window in the background. I... I don't know why it does that. Good lord. Pick up Sunday clothes. Chat window. B window. Oh. And we won't go home until we've guessed the girl. So you ain't going home then. <laughs> <laughs> Wally goes home. <laughs> Brett. This is fucking with me. Re-add me in yeah. two seconds. <laughs> Are you leaving? I, I Just re-add me in a sec. I have to close it and then reopen it. Someone likes Skype to be buggy. Yeah, who would have thought? I can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were using Zoom tonight, damn it. It's never going to happen. It's, oh, you didn't follow through. You didn't check, tell check. us to download yeah, it. Yeah, you never like got with the team. You're the, the team lead it. on this, Josh. You Skype never did this. Josh, you're the project <laughs> lead manager. Skype doesn't let you quit it. <laughs> it doesn't. No, it, it really doesn't. This is our Hotel California. This is the full crew, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if we had a Jordan? No. <laughs> I don't even remember the last episode he was on. Trivia. Was that really the last one? The last episode he hosted was Stigmata. Not being on the pod, but still being on the thread. Just kind of loose-leafed in here. Like, it's so weird. Dude, he's the thread administrator. He's <laughs> He holds a lot of power. <laughs> he can boot any one of us. He has a lot time. of voting power on the board, boys. And the, <laughs> he's a silent partner. <laughs> he approves all memes and reactions that go into the thread. Angel investor, Jordan Long. <laughs> we have a uh, Apple podcast review. What? Oh, what? yeah. Nice. Is, it a good, is it a good one? Yeah, so just you can give it to me or Pappy or whatever, and we should read it. All right, Great. super. Right. Are you guys ready? Uh, we give me a second to. Uh, actually, yeah, I, I'm good. Let's do it. Okay, Josh. Okay, put on your Sunday clothes. <laughs> Spread still here? You ready? I'm here. Yeah, ready. All right. Ready. Three, two, one, go. That was spoilers.